welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I'm your host, Kirsty, and this is episode two talking about Love is Blind, the Netflix, the new Netflix show that is taking the world by storm, technically hosted by Vanessa and Nick Lachey, but we have yet to see them this episode. Look, this is the show where men and women, um, mostly between mid-twenties to mid-thirties, mostly very attractive young, young people date within these pods that they can't see each other in. So literal blind dating, completely the opposite to the very looks-focused Tinderverse kind of world that we live in at the moment. So you know what? Conceptually, I really like it. Um, was obsessed with the first episode. I smashed out the second and uh, so far I'm loving it. I was really, really moved by the first episode. I shed a tear here and there. Uh, can't say I was moved in the same way this time, but certainly an interesting one. So let's have a look at the couples. Um, if you want to chat to me on the socials, by the way, you can always do that on Instagram. Um, my personal one is at she's pernicious or at reality TV and me is obviously the show. You can also hook me, hook up with me on Facebook at reality TV and me or on Twitter at she's pernicious. So one of those names will always get to me. If you've got gossip about the show, hit me up. I love to hear it. I love just to talk about it because people be cray, especially people with EIs. That's what my friend from rehab used to call people when they were falling in love. They're like, oh, she's got EIs for you. Or he, <laughs> that was strange how I went to she, considering I'm a straight woman. Hmm. Something seeping out into my subconscious, out of my subconscious there, perhaps a little bit of a Freudian slip, if you will. But hey, What's she going to do? Love is love and love is blind. So here we are. We're back with the Jessica Mark Barnett love triangle fiasco of last episode. These, these little boys. (laughs) So we have Jess, 34. She's really beautiful, blonde, skinny white gal. She's a regional manager she's hmm how do we describe Jess she's kind of just like all American she's ready to settle down and have a family though because she's you know 34 she's kind of getting to that stage um and she really likes two guys Mark who's 24 and that age gap that 10 year age gap is a real issue for her and I think it's really kind of blocked her emotionally getting um a little bit further Her alternate is Barnett, who, let's be honest, if you're watching the show, Mark is way more mature, way more ready to settle down and have a baby and have a family with her. But just because of the numbers game, she's not seeing how immature Barnett is. Well, she may have just learned it this episode because we jump into him talking to one of the damn boys in the house and he's like oh i don't know what i'm doing i've got three people this is completely what he like exactly what he sounds like if you're not watching oh <laughs> this is this is what all straight white men sound like to me oh uh, i've got i've got three three girls on the on the go <laughs> 
So he's got Jessica. He's got Amber, who is our um, army gal, and cheerleader, the ex-tank mechanic. And we've got Elsie, who we don't really know much about. We kind of met her in, in the first episode, and she's got like kind of that sexy voice, but really that's about it. And he's all baffled and confused because all of these women love him. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I can't help how charming I am and have all these women falling in my vein. <laughs> well, I mean, calm down. Like, is remind giving me a little bit of Jack's sociopathic vibes here. Like, ugh, all these women just like throw themselves at me and I can't help if my penis just falls into their vagina. It's not my fault. I'm just far too charming and beautiful okay settle down son you're like i mean you're not jack's level attractive you're also not jack's level level psychotic but there's a fine line and you know what episode two i'm watching you boy i am watching you i do find him charming but i mean to quote jessica later in the episode do not trust him he a fuck boy Okay, she didn't say it exactly like that, but she definitely called him a fuckboy with a capital I. And he doesn't know what he wants. He truly doesn't know what he wants. So Jessica, not knowing yet that Barnett isn't quite sold on her, marches into her little pod, knocks on the, the glass portal into the netherworld and tells poor little Mark that she's just not sure what's going on. She starts crying. She basically wants to tell him she's not into him, but she doesn't want to say it because she doesn't want to hurt him. He cracks it because he's put all his eggs in her basket. Like he's not looking anywhere else. And he's just, he finally comes out and says, you know, let it be known. This is day six people. So this is still not a week. He's like, I I don't just have feelings for you. I, I like, I, I love you, okay? And it's all very dramatic. And she throws her hands up in the air and she's like, ah, because now that's kind of spanner in the works. He's heartbroken because she's just basically said that she can't get past the age gap. Who knows if that's part of it or if it's more that she just likes Barnett more. Who's to say? But bottom line is right now she's decided that she's made the choice to be with Barnett because... If you remember last episode, which was last night for her, Barnett asked her to choose. She he was like, well, I don't like that you're connecting with other guys. He was all jealous, had his little tufts up and um, made her choose. She chose and now Barnett's all, but I've got Amber and bloody LC in my back pocket as well. And now I'm not sure if I like you. He also said, you know, basically he was willing to leave there with her and propose. And they had a serious conversation about that. So, yes, agree. She, he, she even goes, you know, oh, I know, I know exactly who you are. I've met that many guys like you. I mean, girl, you speak, you know, like preaching to the fucking choir. He is every man I have ever dated. Um, just, yeah, not, not necessarily, this is the thing about fuck boys. All right. I'm going to educate everybody here. <laughs> I know you all already know. Ugh. 
they don't realize they're fuckboys, but they're fuckboys because they just don't know what they want. They're not good at communicating. They have never had to tap into their feelings and express them. They just like, it's kind of like that. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of a syndrome of the white man. It's like, you've never really had to know what's going on internally and listen to your heart and listen to your feelings. So you don't, he's like, he literally doesn't know if he is in love with one of these people or all of them, or if he just likes them or he just likes all of them. He cannot decipher what is going on in his heart because he's never actually had to go in before and look at himself. Look at yourself. So it's like, I'm like, I can see he's truly tormented by this decision, but I give him nothing but a giant eye roll because like if you're 27 and still have never tuned into your emotions, that really pisses me off because us women do not have that option. Preach. All right. Anyway, I'm, but I'm not going to get too much on my, on my patriarchal high horse today, but these shows, come on, they bring it out of me. (laughs) It's all I'm good for. Ugh. Yeah. So she questions him. She's like, well, what do you want? And he's like, uh, uh, I'm just trying to figure out my heart, man. So she's really pissed off. Um, she's like, last night you were ready to propose. And he's like, uh, I like you. Like, how do you go from, I mean, I, I, I say this, but I've dated this man a hundred fucking times over. So I'm so frustrated on her behalf. She's like, how do you go from last night you were ready to propose to now just being like, yeah, I mean, I, I like you. I like you and I'm ready to marry you and spend the rest of my life with you. Note to all men, they're a different thing. I like fish and chips. I don't want to eat fish and chips every day for the rest of my life because I also like sushi and spaghetti bolognese. I got to eat all the food groups. I don't think that really translates to this situation. <laughs> I think I'm hungry, you guys. <laughs> oh, spag ball though. I could really go some. Anyway, so I'm off him. He can just go fuck off because he, one second he was saying like, oh, Jessica's my number one. Then he was on to Amber. She's like challenging me. She's the best. She scares me. But basically he's saying, I think she'd be wild in bed. And then he likes Elsie because she's chill. But I reckon if he saw them all in a lineup, he would choose Jessica because she's the blonde, skinny, pretty one, even though they're all gorgeous. But, you know, she's his type. You can just tell, right? And he's a basic bitch. So, yeah, he can just go suck a dick, basically. is how I finish with him. (laughs) So here we go. Jessica runs back to the house because she walks out on Barnett because she's crying. She's all upset because she's realized that she made a huge mistake investing her heart into such a fuckboy. And she tells Amber, like, be careful. He is a fuckboy. Um, just, you know, watch to quote Sheena Shea from Vanderpump Rules. Guard your heart and guard your vagina. And Amber's like, okay, she doesn't really know what to believe, you know, <laughs> She's hearing two different stories and 
She's got a connection with Barnett. So, okay, whatever. Jessica, now on the back foot, freaks out, goes back to talk to Mark while she's still crying a couple wines deep and starts to kiss his feet and basically like, she's like, oh my God, I've made such a huge mistake. I'm not seeing him anymore, but it's cut off. Mark's like, what the fuck? Like I've, I've been gone for 20 minutes and you've like had this emotional roller coaster. What's going on? <sighs> He's obviously disappointed. He doesn't really know where he stands. You can tell he's trying to suss out if she actually made the choice about not seeing Barnett or if it was more his choice. I think he's a really smart guy, Um, wiser than his years. And she's talking to the camera, Jess this is, and she's like, Mark, 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 he's just everything. I'm like, "Um, I'm not sure you were saying that a few minutes ago, but... Look, we're bouncing back and forth off the walls right now, like um, friggin' Pong. So she is an interesting storyline, that's for sure. But I think a lot of people are going to get hurt. And I think little Marky Mark's going to be one of them. He's a sweet guy. He seems mature. He seems like a ready kind of for a family. Um, And Barnett is a little weaselly weasel face. And I think she's just as confused. So look, everybody be dumb except Mark. Mark deserves good things. Maybe there's another girl in here for Mark, but he hasn't opened up to anybody else. Cause I mean, he, he liked Jess from day dot. All right, let's move on to a new couple. We have our beautiful engaged couple from Last week, our Lauren, who's 32, beautiful bronze goddess, and Cameron, who's the scientist that works in AI, they finally meet. So we finished last episode where he proposed, but they hadn't seen each other yet. Oh, my fucking G banger. This was so cute. I actually just got chills again. You know, I'm obsessed with this couple. The doors open. They run to each other. They are both so overcome with emotion. She jumps into his arms. They are just like, they cannot even talk. They're just like talking in a whisper because it's almost like they just, they don't want to break the spell. And you can see they're both like nothing changed in seeing each other. They're still so attracted to each other. They're still so in love. They're just like, they can't stop touching each other and holding each other and kissing It's so beautiful. (laughs) She calls him her Prince Charming. He's like, oh my God, how did I get so lucky? You're so beautiful. And she's like, oh my God, how did I get so lucky? You're so beautiful. And it's the most beautiful thing ever. And everyone's so beautiful and I'm happy. Um, so yes, great. Except she's never dated a white guy before. We don't know if he's ever dated a woman of color. And she's worried about how this will play out both with her family and her friends because she's like really outspoken in the black community about the struggles that um, black people have in the US. And obviously she's like, you know, our love can overcome it, but it is going to be probably an, not an issue, but like something in their relationship that they have to figure out where it fits. Um, and we, we've seen in the preview for the season that Cameron has a difficult conversation with Lauren's dad. He's like, you know, have you ever been in a, 
in a, in, a, in a room with all black people before and we don't know how he responds to that. But you know what? Like it's 20, I was going to say 2019. I just lost a year of my life. It's 2020. If we can't have these conversations and be cool with each other, then what are we even doing with our lives? So I'm excited for them. And I really hope that that once they enter the real world, that their love, which I believe to be true and deep, can still overcome any obstacle that is thrown in their way. And I thought she was really cute. So now they get whisked off to Mexico. Um, I didn't know they get like fucking honeymoons over here. This show just keeps going next level to next level. I'm so in. <clears throat> um, I thought it was kind of going to be like a big brother thing where they're in this house with the girls and the guys separated for the whole season and they go into the pods and talk to each other and then slowly develop this connection over the over the 30 days. But no, they're like saying, I love you and I do by day five. And now they're <laughs> going on holidays together to fall in love. And then they get the weddings happen at day 36 or something. So, I mean, I guess the plan is that everyone's going to be engaged. This is just the wildest shit. I'm so excited and I love it. I'm loving every second of it. It's very fast paced. As you can tell by how, how quickly I have to talk to try and fit into my self-opposed 20 minute imposed, um, 20 minute schedule. Any who, where am I? Yeah. So she's talking about how they're going to Mexico and she's like, Oh, I just can't wait to drink frozen cocktails. And she kind of stumbles over her words. She's like, uh, take advantage of him (laughs) yay I can't wait for them to take advantage of each other they are so cute he gives me faith in the human race again um especially those of the male varietoir and I just think they're really cute together and they make me believe that love is possible oh I hope there's not a descent into the darkness Um, once they leave the pods who's next okay next up we have diamond our 28 year old pro basketball dancer and carlton 34 who's the tall bald bearded man and um he is now ready to propose this is so crazy you guys it's moving so freaking fast okay he proposes she like (laughs) collapses on the couch like like bawling like wailing crying he's like are you okay and but he was really sweet he kind of like jumps in the air and celebrates because she says yes um between her sobs and he's like i got you i got you i got you forever everything's gonna be okay it's really sweet i didn't feel the same love connection as i did with uh, Lauren and Cameron so look I don't know you guys I don't know I know some people on social media aren't loving him so much um, getting a not so cute vibe from him so I don't know if I'll see that more in the next episode but so far he's okay with me I just don't see the the strong strong love that I saw with the other couple she um talks about how her father passed away when she was quite young and you know at her dad's funeral there were little ladybugs everywhere um 
And then she saw a special ladybug on the mirror that morning. And so she took that as a sign that he was the right guy for her and all this. And, you know, she said, everything's going to be okay, which I thought was really lovely. I once made friends with a ladybug um, that stood by me for three days. And like, I wasn't really keep, like it wasn't, (laughs) sounds like I was like probably 12. No, I, um, this was last year. So this is when I was living in the UK. Like I was alone for a very, for very long periods of time, but they were, <laughs> I didn't like collect a pet ladybug and take it for walks and shit, but it would just turned up in my room. And I was like, Oh, Hey dude, what's up? Cause it's unusual to see a ladybug out of its natural habitat, like in a plant. And I was like, you're cool. Like you could just stay there. There's some crumbs in the bed. If you want to eat them, chill you do you I'm going for a walk came back he wasn't there I'm like okay cool he's like gone frolicking or something for a while be back later next day he's back we have a little chat go separate ways next day again he's gone I'm feeling sad because I haven't seen him for a good 24 hours I take I'd gone to get a manicure I take out my wallet to pay who the fuck is sitting on my wallet little lady doodle can you believe it? He he was like, girl, stop ditching me. I'm coming this time. And he came to the nail salon with me and it was the cutest fucking thing ever. So when she's crying over those little ladybugs on the mirror, I totally feel her. <laughs> that just sounded so insane. But look, I get it. I All that to say, I get it. Isn't it funny? Cause like a ladybug is a really pretty beetle, but if a cockroach like followed you around for 72 hours, you'd be like, what the fuck dude, do I stink? And you'd get the mortine out and squash it. So there's something to think about. I guess looks do matter after all. Wow. 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 We've come full circle, you guys. I'm so bad with bugs. Like I have to move on, but like my house is infested with ants at the moment, but I just can't, I Googled once if ants can feel pain and they can. So what, I can't like do anything about it. I just have to let them have their fill (laughs) and hope that they'll leave one day. So yeah, look, it's, um, it's wild over here, you guys, down in the southern hev, 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 hemisphere. Okay, but I just um, had a bit of a stroke. Let's continue. <clears throat> right, so yes, Carl- <laughs> Carlton. Carlton it has, still hasn't told uh, Diamond about his sexuality. He's worried, um, again, that he'll be rejected. He's spent his whole life craving acceptance and he was really emotional and he was talking about that. And I thought that was really relatable and I'm really, (laughs) I'm with Kelly. I think she said this episode, I love when guys cry. That's one thing I'm really enjoying about this show is that all of the men are really allowing themselves to be vulnerable and falling in love is such a vulnerable experience and it is an emotional experience and there's happy tears and there's sad tears and there's fear tears. It's got everybody shooketh and I really am enjoying seeing that in 
men, especially of this kind of age group, because like Carlton says, you know, men are, t- are taught not to cry, to be tough, have a stiff upper lip, you know, kind of push all these feelings down. And that's how men like bloody Barnett are formed that don't, truly don't know what they want or need because they have never allowed themselves to feel their emotions properly and to know that what this feeling is, this is comfort, this is love, this is like, this is, you know, whatever, um, this is safe. So I think that, yeah, it's really good that for the majority uh, of the people on this show, they are allowing themselves to feel their feelings. Ah, so there you go. A little bit of, um, a little bit deeper than, than lady, ladybug talk. You know what? That's why you come to me, isn't it? Like shade, darkness and shade, darkness and light. Look, it's the whole package. So yeah, we'll see how she reacts to that. Um, I didn't know how she felt when she saw him. Tell me what you think, because, excuse me, I got the feeling like he ran to her when they finally saw each other and he was so excited. Uh, She kind of, when she, when he picked her up, she like, I'm totally assessing her body language right now and not at all what she said. She like leaned as far away back as she could, like arching her back. She was kind of, who knows? She might've been pulling away from him just to take him in. You know, they've never seen each other before. She might want to just like take him in as a whole, see what he really looks like, all this stuff. So who knows? Um, But I, yeah, I didn't think she was as into him as he was to her. She was saying she was attracted to him, but I wasn't really hearing it, not in the like full on love way that, I expected, you know, she's kind of just repeating what he said as well. He's like, yo, you're fly. You're gorgeous. And she's like, you're fly. You're gorgeous. But like in a really high pitched, nervous tone. (laughs) So we'll see. Kelly 34 health coach. She's like kind of, um, mousy brown hair. Doesn't wear much makeup. She tells us that she gained and lost about 40 pounds. She's still not hundred percent comfortable in her body. She's cute, um, kind of what I'd call a horsey gal. And she's been chatting to Kenny 27. They've sort of connected, um, over a childhood book that they both, their mums both read to them. And that's kind of a cute moment. She definitely worries me in that Sheena Vanderpump rules way where she's like, again, saying that she loves when guys cry. And that's, genuinely a real fetish you know some women can't (laughs) what am what movies do I watch some women there are women who can't orgasm unless their partner is crying (laughs) oh isn't aren't people just wild anyway um (laughs) that always tickled me she keeps saying to the camera you know I've wanted a best friend for a while now um, so that best friend thing, look, I don't know. Hopefully he's the one. It does make me nervous. I think she's really, really invested early. They've both kind of felt alone for a very long time and had no one to talk to. So they bond over those feelings and hopefully, you know, they can find that togetherness and wholeness in each other. <clears throat> but that kind of loneliness makes it pretty easy to fall for anyone. So are they going to be the right people for each other? Who knows? He proposes. Oh my God, everyone's getting married. What? 
he does this whole thing where he walks in, he tells her to close her eyes so they can sort of be in the same uh, moment together. And it's really sweet. She says yes. They meet. He's obsessed with her. It's really cute. But again, I don't know if it's a first episode thing, but they're no Lauren and Cameron to me. I really dig them, you guys. But maybe I'm just getting like, maybe I'm already desensitized to these proposals. I don't know. All right. So my final couple is uh, Damien, 27, who is kind of worried about that he's too short. He's 5'4", like no BD. But um, I guess like in the, again, in the Tinderverse, that's, that's probably frowned upon. Everyone wants like a six foot guy and yeah. Anyway, she doesn't mind. Um, her, Gianna, 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 Gianna Milady Gibelli, Gibelli is her name. Um, or Dolce di Lecce as her mother would call her, which is so cute. <laughs> She's a sweet one. She's very, very cute. She has this kind of like Mandy Moore back in her candy era days, like look about her, blonde hair, really round, cute face. I think she's fucking stunning. Um, they're, you know, bonding over how they both, they're both being picked on in school. I'm starting to feel like, has the whole world been picked on? Cause I was bullied and I talked to so many people about it. And even like the beautiful people, they're like, talk about how they felt insecure and all this. I think every, I think school is just like the worst time in everybody's life. And we all are just spending the rest of our adult lives trying to get over whatever happened to us in our adolescence. <laughs> like fucking hell. It sucked to be a teenager. Am I right? Ugh. That's the best thing about getting older is getting further and further away from childhood. <laughs> The trauma of childhood. Don't you hate when people are like, ah, when you're in school, everyone's always just saying, this is the best time of your life. And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. This is the best time of my life. I'm, uh, I'm done, mate. So anyway, if any teenagers out there are listening, it gets better. Trust and believe. Anyway, so these two kidly winks um yeah so who by the way who is <laughs> who is the guy um that with the five head that giant forehead that keeps talking Damien off a ledge and giving him advice where is Nick Lacey in this situation I don't understand um we haven't st- we still haven't seen neither him or Vanessa the entire episode so I don't know how much they're getting paid but like I could do that job. I'd be really good at that. You know, doing nothing. <laughs> it's kind of my specialty. <laughs> um, so again, Damien, this is, this is where shit gets real. Damien decides he's going to propose to sweet and beautiful Gianna Milady Ghibelli. And he's very intense. He's this very intense man. He does this whole spiel about... Um, 
he wanted to make a box for her and put all little trinkets and knickknacks and stuff in there that represents who he is. But he realized that nothing's more important than her to him. And so he was going to present himself to her as a gift. And he put a little bow on his wrist, which just made me think of now at weddings, how, well, I've only ever seen it in movies and I, I hope I don't have the type of friends that would do this in real life, but also kind of adorbs. You know how some people tie a little cushion to a dog's back and put the ring on the back of the dog and it's like down the aisle and it's the ring bearer and it's very cheesy and just kind of the cutest thing in the entire world. That's all I could think about when he had that little bow tied around his own wrist. He's like, I am your present. And he's sorry, he proposes, will you marry me? In his very intense kind of like Game of Thrones-esque way. And... She says nothing and time is standing still and it's just ticking by so slowly and it's so awkward. And then she takes a deep breath and she goes, I want to tell you something. (gasps) What do you mean, Gianna? What are you going to tell him? Okay, everyone hit me up on Twitter, on Insta, all of the social pipes. What the fuck do you think she's got? Do you think it's like a pain situation downstairs? I mean, she looks so feminine to me. Do you think like she's been talking to someone else she likes? Guys, what the fuck is going on? I'm so shook. I want answers. So that's it for episode two. I'm so invested in this show. I'm going to be empty when it's finished. Um, Okay. Follow along with all of my social pipes on Instagram at Reality TV and Me. Same on Facebook. You can search Reality TV and Me or Kirsten Moore. If you want my personal Insta at She's Pernicious or She's Pernicious on Twitter. And if you forget everything I've just said, just go to my website, kirstenmoore.com.au and everything is right there for you, including old episodes and episodes I do with um other people like Erin Martin from Pink Shade with Erin Martin the podcast we do married at first sight weekly recaps that's the DC US version and on mine if you're not already listening I do the Aussie married at first sight which is absolutely batshit hectic they're both wild in very different ways so for all your tv trash that's where you go All right, guys, lots of love. Chat to you very soon.